I'm Kat. And I'm Cass. And you're listening to Two, Two Vogue, Vogue Bitches. Bitches. What's up? Welcome back, everyone. We are back. Um, What's going on? I feel like there's a lot that's happened in the book world recently. Yes. So and many book releases. So many book releases. And like we low-key film these out of order. So like sometimes I have to remember like when an episode is coming out. You True, I mean? because by the time you guys get to actually watch this episode, it's like yeah, like when is a it? A couple weeks from when we're actually filming exactly, it. So exactly. As of right now, we're just getting over like finishing reading Iron Flame. Yes. Yeah, so like as of today, Iron Flame came out like a week ago, basically. Yes. Almost exactly a week ago. Yes. Um, we have both since finished, and we have many thoughts on it. Many thoughts, many thinking thoughts. But we're gonna save it. We're gonna save it. For our episode, which actually, we have two episodes dedicated to Iron Flame. Yeah, we're going to split it just so and we can get And the first one actually comes out next week. Yes. At the time of you listening to this. Yes. For you, it will be next week. Yeah, for us. For us, it's... We haven't even filmed it yet. <laughs> um, but I'm, 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 I'm excited for that one. Yeah, that will be I think fun. it's going to be good. I also read um, Check and Mate by Allie Hazelwood. Hazelwood. That was her newest book release. Yeah. I'm like one or two chapters in it was very good i enjoyed it it's really cute i do i I like i like that the um the whole chess thing i know it's giving like queen's gambit it really is giving queen do you remember when we all got obsessed with queen's gambit and like chess? everyone just was obsessed with chess for a little bit there after queen's gambit and i mean to be fair like my husband like thomas he loves like he loves chess like even pre-queen's gambit like, he enjoys chess. Like, he watches, like, chess videos on YouTube. Like, he watches, like, Magnus Carlsen and all this, like, bullshit. Um, but I only became obsessed with chess when Anya Taylor-Joy was obsessed with chess. And it was great. You know, I used to play chess a lot when I was a kid. Like, I was forced to be on the chess team in, like, That's elementary cute. school. But I was never, like, good at it. Like, I could – I can play, but, like – I think that like some of these like amazing chess players, their just minds just work differently. Like they can see the whole game at like yeah play out. There's there's a little there's and they have like the board memorized because they go like a four yeah like D, like knight to like, b three yeah like you know like the scene in Harry Potter. Once I make my move yeah like but for me free. if you tell me like knight to a three unless I'm looking at a board where it's numbered where it's, I don't like, know labeled. I don't know that yeah I, I feel I like you you basically. definitely have to have like a level of finesse to play chess well like. Like, I can play chess. Like, I know how to play chess. I know some of the openings. Like, I know, like, whatever. But, like, I'm not a good chess player because I can't, like, I don't know. I just don't think like that. I'm sure I could learn if I tried. uh, Yeah. Well, it's just one of those things that, like, you can be good if you play it a lot and study it and you practice it. But there's just some people whose brains. Yeah. Operate differently. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it does. It's not even like really trying for them. It's just like it clicks. They're like, I got the. It's like that scene yeah. where she like looks up and she's like, do do do, and yeah. she sees all like the chess pieces exactly. or whatever. Yeah, that's a that's a good book. I'm also planning on reading Murtaugh. I would imagine by the time you listen to this, I'll be done it. Which is, it's kind of interesting that like that had the same release date as like Iron Flame. Yes, and it like completely flew under the radar because of the hype of the release of Iron Flame. Well, I think. There was a lot of books that got released on November 7th that I think got entirely overshadowed. And I mean, like, I'm also just, like, wondering why they would do that, though. Like, why they would have so many books on one day instead of spread it out. Like, it, what's there special must about be a reason. November 7th? You know how, like, certain movies have to come out by a certain time to be, like, considered for the Oscars? 
I know, is but there, like, like there something... is still there's still a risk. For example, when a movie comes out on the same day as another popular movie. In fact, if you remember, mm-hmm. um, I think, I think Mission Impossible be... was supposed to come out on the same day yes, as Barbie. I was that was what I was about to say. Like Mission Barbie Impossible, and Oppenheimer, <laughs> but Mission Impossible moved their release date because they were like, "There's no way we're going to compete with Barbie." Or which, yeah, or bar- like Barbenheimer, rightly so. Um, but like, there are certain movies that like avoid like yeah being released on the same day as another movie because they know there's just no way they're going to compete. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't really know why that day was so popular because I literally think like fucking everyone and their mother released a book that day. No, literally. like Alex Astor, Christopher Paulini, Ali Hazelwood, Rebecca Yaros, amongst like many others. Like there were so many. I went to Indigo the day after because Kat actually went to pick up my copy of Iron Flame because we wanted to make sure we got the black sprayed edges and like they only have a limited amount of like. Which I think is a lie, but that's. Me too, that's because fine. I went the next day. They had so many. They had so many fucking copies. Yeah. And mind it you, was, like, it was all for this pre sale thing. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't think yeah. there was any chance of them running out yeah. of the Blacksburg. And mind you, like, we live in a big city. Like, we don't live in like a small town, like, whatever. Like, we live in a big city. There's like six million people in like the greater Toronto area. You know what I mean? So it's. I, I just I was surprised at the amount left. So I don't know if they were just trying to like drum up hype for like a pre-sale, which I mean. But I was kind of nervous because then I heard that they were running out of the Black Spread Edges and I wasn't a one like I wasn't a person who pre-ordered the book. Yeah, me neither. I don't. This is my gripe with pre-ordering. Mm. I like to go to a store yeah. to buy the book because I get very upset if I get a book delivered to me and it's already damaged. Well, that was a big issue with this book release. And I mean, well. <sighs> like we'll talk we'll about it more and yeah day. but like but, i don't like so for me i literally will go to a bookstore oh my god she spends and like, i will check every copy that they 100%. have to make sure that i get the least damaged one she will literally sit there like take off the cover put the cover back on like look at the cor- like i like i'm not that much of a stickler like if there's like a dent in the book like whatever i don't give a fuck i'll take it like like i don't like rips i don't like like big like you know jarring well um, see because i've bought books online and they've come like i've gotten one that came so damaged i was like i'm never buying book online ever again and i literally went into the store and i was like you need to get me and give me a new copy of this because this is so damaged they did give it to you though right they did uh but still like so i don't like pre-ordering books for that reason because yeah because then i'm stuck with this damaged book and like it, like it's they're harder if you order them on amazon they're like it's a more of a hassle to have to return especially on amazon um i i won't pre-order a book on amazon i also like Ugh, Amazon's so convenient, but like, I know it is so convenient for the for the publishing world. Like, I really try not to order books on Amazon. Like, I try to go in person. But then, like, even so, like, it's not like there's a fuck ton of indie bookstores around us. No, there. Really Otherwise, isn't. like, we, I really would. We mostly just have Indigo here. That's it. So, like, I don't know, whatever. But anyway, that's a little rant. Any we'll any other talk like more about Iron Flame later? Yeah. Any more like book news? Oh, this is. I need a. I need to make a correction. She's gonna redact something. I need to redact something that I said in a previous episode. I did talk about the Hulu Akatar adaptation, and I made the statement that like Hulu had, you know, and Akatar had parted ways. Like it was up for you know grabs again. Blah blah blah. That is not the case. Yeah, they still have the rights to it, and they're. I just, I saw some statement like they're trying to make it work or something. I, th- I saw something they were in like the casting stages or something like that. I don't buy it. Or like the the big thing right now that they're trying to like work on is 
the main three characters for season one. So I don't know if that means Feyre, Tamlin, Lucian or Feyre, Tamlin, Reese, because technically Lucian's a bigger part in the first book than Reese is. But Reese comes in to have a big part at the end. like the last third of the book. I know. So I don't know. I would I I I feel like they probably mean Reese just because you know, there's more longevity to his character in terms of being like a main character. I'm still a bit concerned that Hulu has the rights. I have I watched a Hulu show? Like what's a Hulu show? Like give me give me like a Hulu. So so when I think of Hulu, like there's somewhat overlap between Hulu shows and like Disney, Disney. Plus. Like what's I need to Google this. Like what like what? They're almost you know how like Disney Plus has like stars on it? Mm. Just like the the adult shows and stuff. Yeah. More adult content. Um so Hulu Oh, okay, here we go. Like I don't know. I don't Okay, the, so, so they the do... issue is a lot of the times Hulu we don't have we don't have access to as Canadians. Right. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so actually, you know what? Hulu has some good shows. They've got Handmaid's Tale, um, American Horror Stories, which I watch. Okay, they but do. I don't think that they I... do Only Murders in the Building. Right, which is like a Disney Plus. Okay, they do but... The Bear. Okay, but you know what you're saying right now? You're actually talking about shows that are owned by Fox that technically Disney owns. Oh. Like the like the bear, I'm pretty sure is Fox. American Horror Stories was 100% Fox, so they got bought out. Well, Fox is owned by Disney now. Like, mm. but I'm pretty sure the bear is like. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm making things up. No, I'm pretty. I oh, see it. It has a Court of Thorns and Roses listed in development. Here, Mad Adam. Oh my God, is that by Margaret Atwood? <gasps> no way. Wait, that's kind of fun. So yeah, so there we get access to some Hulu shows oh, through shit. Disney Plus, but we don't have access to all of them. Yeah, we don't. But it looks like they've got quite a couple shows in development. Um a couple Margaret Atwood series they've got in development. Either way. Yeah. Like redacted I'm, that I I'm said that. <laughs> interested to see how it plays out with Hulu. Me too. And like if it's good. Like that's yeah. Obviously, the main I'm thing. really crossing my fingers because I feel like if this doesn't do well, it's just going to be one of those things where it's like, see, like book shows don't do well, blah, blah. Ugh. Well, because there are, to be fair, as many success stories as there are when it comes to books. To, there's like, also like failures. There's a lot of failures. Like think about um, uh, the uh, Shadowhunter series. That has had two adaptations now and both times just did not work. I like the cast for the movie better, but. Well, I think that even Cassandra Clare mentioned that she liked the cast better like who she pictured the characters looking she liked more in the movie that's actually crazy that like imagine like hearing that as an actor on the series be like oh shit the creator of this entire like but i mean it's not technically your fault like you know like it's whoever casted you you know yeah like um but that's an example that mm-hmm. failed. Vampire Academy is another one that mm-hmm. failed like twice now. Oh my god, yeah. There's so many ones that just like don't work just out. Just tanked. Yeah. Like it's just, it just goes to show you that like there can, there can still be a fandom for something and it still not do well. Yeah, because I also feel like book fandoms in particular are quite like rabid. Like we have 
very clear, concise images of what we think these characters look like, how we think they should behave, what's considered important, not important to put on a screen adaptation. So when something doesn't hold true to that image you have in your head, I think like book readers will like be like, I'm, well, I'm not fucking watching that because it doesn't match the picture that I had. Um, so I, I, I think that's why, like personally, in my opinion, it's quite important for producers to stick as closely as possible to the source material that they have I think that that's the best way of like keeping viewers interested and like bringing over the book fandom to like the tv world in my opinion listen like I'm totally aware that like little changes happen here and there of course at the end of the day I don't remember every little detail that happens in a book anyway no chances are that if you change something like minuscule I'm not going to notice um but well, like, I'll notice the big things. Obviously, yeah. I like will the major notice. plot points. But I think that a lot of the times, well, not even, like, I don't know. Sometimes, like, they they do stick to the book and it just doesn't work either. That's true. Not every book, and that also goes to, not every book is meant to be on the screen, which I think is people's concern with Akatar as well. People are like, is this a book that's meant to be put on screen? I personally think I so. I want to see it. I actually think it would be cool as an anime. Me too. Like, I've seen some of these, like, um... Amazing artist, yeah. Draw like little clips or like little photos of what like an anime would look like. It looks amazing. And I think it's amazing. And I'm like, you know what? That would honestly get around the fact that like no matter who you cast, people are gonna think uh, mm-hmm. have some kind of feelings about it. Also, can we create a position of like I don't know, like fandom liaison or something like that, where it's like you gotta hire a fan of the book series to like be on the production team of the show or like movie. Well, see, I personally believe that if like author mm-hmm. has a lot to do with the show and isn't just like you know i bought the rights we don't need you anymore yeah like do what you want um no because there are some productions that like once the rights are bought for the like the show for, yeah like, the, like they buy buy the rights to the movie yeah um they don't really consult the author well it's like percy jackson i think the first movie like rick the author says that he didn't really yeah like he the says, movie he, says he didn't really do have much to do with it whereas yeah. this time around he he has a lot to do he has a lot it. to do with the show and he's very proud of it like i think that if an author cares. is proud of the show yeah that their work is based off of mm-hmm. i think that will show i think in, so too in the in the tv show yeah and i movie and i think that Sarah J. Mass, like I heard one of the rumors why this is taking so long is because she's very particular in the writer's room and the casting and whatever. And I think she should be like this is her intellectual property. I think that she should care and be picky. So I'm happy to wait for it to be done well. Um, and I will watch it whenever it comes out, no matter how old I am. I don't care. Well, we're I don't think we're going to get it for like at least three years. Honestly. That's totally fine. If I have kids, I'm going to be like, shut up. Mommy is busy. Mommy's watching Akatar right now. Go bother your father. I'm just, yeah, I'm just curious to see how long it will really take for us to see it come to fruition. I think a while. I think we're going to be Like, even this fourth wing thing, like, how long oh, is I that going to take? I think Like, it's that I'm, I'm very curious for as well. You are going to be waiting for a while, I think. That's why I sometimes don't even like when they announce this shit early because then it leaves a, too much time for, like, speculation. Like, personally, I'm glad that it's Amazon that bought Fourth Wing because mm. I like and like I tend to like Amazon series like Prime TV shows. Their adaptations from like their source materials thus far that I've seen has been pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I've been pretty content with like mm-hmm. their their adaptations. Um, so I'm glad that Amazon bought the right, rights to Fourth Wing. I, I feel do. like the only other network that I would 
have no like issues with hbo baby hbo slash crave for us yeah Um, oh yeah because we see hbo and crave yeah so that would be the only other one where i'd be like hey like i'm sure it's gonna be good but like hulu worries me a little yeah a little just because like I don't think they have, like, a high fantasy, like, any kind of fantasy show as I don't, right now. I don't think so either. I was looking at their list. It's a lot of, like, comedy, drama, reality, but I don't like, think there's, like, fantasy. Like, you know Crave can do it. They've done Game of Thrones or slash HBO, whatever. Yeah. They've done, like, they've done Game of Thrones. They have House, House of the, the Dragon. Dragon. Like, they've done it before. Yeah. Like. And you, then Amazon Prime has done they Lord, have of the Lord of the Rings. Ring adaptation. Which I don't think did well, like, but I mean, visually. Visually was and, done. And, like, the budgeting. Yeah. And, and it looked amazing. Like they have like, the money for it. Like, I thought it was a good so, series. So. I know that they're that those two networks are capable of yeah. it. Like Hulu, like I don't know. That's what makes me nervous. Yeah, but I'm I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'll wait until casting. Yeah, we'll casting just wait and is, see, guys. We'll we, just wait, we and have see. To wait and see. Um, I mean, kind of speaking on like casting different adaptations, the graphic audio. Yeah. So like we are reading like or listen reread yeah. slash like re-listen, I guess if you will, mm-hmm. to like the graphic audio of like Akatar right now. I'm doing that. Like you've, you're also. I've been doing that. I know, but I'm, I'm more new to it. Yeah, um, I'm late to the game, but it's amazing. Love it. I literally used to um, bug the shit out of her. I'd be like, "Cat, you have to." And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then, well, like, you know what? It's like at first, I was like, "I can't listen to these voices. It's not how I pictured the voices." Yeah. Um, but then I saw some clips of it on TikTok, and I was like, "Wait, maybe you these voices do it. Maybe these voices are actually like growing on me." You literally get used to it. I feel like when you first listen, you're so taken aback because like you've just been reading this on page yeah and then to have a full voice cast you're like what the fuck is going on it takes like a sec to get into it but i think it is an amazing way to listen to a book i wish that every fucking book was narrated like this i love the full cast i like the different voices like it's really cool me too um so like i'm obsessed with that that's what i'm what are you on i'm on part two of aquawar okay i'm on part Um, two of a Silver Court of Silver Flames. Flames. Yeah. yeah. So, and I mean, obviously, I'm doing it too a little bit because we have like an Akatar slash Crescent City theories episode mm-hmm. like that comes out in January, January, like right before the release of Crescent City 3. Mm-hmm. So like we're, while I'm listening, re-listening to these books, I'm like picking things up that I totally like <gasps> so many glossed things. over and I'm like making notes and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's totally going to come into play into CC3 and all that. Yeah. So... I'm excited for that episode too. Me too. Where we talk about like our theories for like what's going to happen. Because so there's excited. so many things that like don't really like things that are mentioned in didn't really like, like Silver Flames or like Aqua War that like Silver don't, Flames especially yeah, that don't I really think. have a purpose at the time but still seem relevant. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah, that will be that will be good. cool. No, listening to it is really cool. I thoroughly enjoy. And you've also like you've also finished House of Sky and Breath at this point. Right? At this like, point, officially. I've officially finished reading it. I've, at the I've, day of recording, I've no, well, I've finished reading it like a couple weeks ago now. I think right. maybe even more. Um, and like obviously now that I'm finishing it, like I ended up loving it. I was gonna say you liked it. Right? Yeah, it definitely like the whole book as a whole. Definitely, I would say lagged at times for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's a massive book. It's yeah. bound to like. I think that like the last tw- like two hundred to three hundred pages, like I was totally hooked and like I just mm-hmm. had to finish. Yeah, and like find out what happens. That's also um, very reminiscent of like Crescent City one for me too. Like I remember the last little bit of the book. It was just like, I think boom, that boom, boom, I was boom, boom, boom. a bit more like hooked the entire time though on that one. Fair. Whereas this one, I there was just a little bit of a middle part mm-hmm. where I was just like not that interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was kind of like. 
get to the point, you know? But no, it's you're fine. like, let's get it going. It's fine. But it's anyways, fine. since we're talking about House of Sky and Breath, yes. like, that is what we're doing today. Correct. We're doing chapters 48 to 56. Yes. Which is like officially um, part, three. part three of the book, which is The Pit. Yeah. So spoilers ahead. If you haven't read, turn, turn back, back now. now or don't. Or don't. Because we're nine moms. And uh, we can't tell you what to do. So, so where did we leave off, Kat? Yeah, so last time we were talking about House of Sky and Breath, we left off with, like, the gang in the submarine thingy after they had just been rescued from, like, the hind. Yeah. And we find out that Sophie is basically, like, dead dead. Like, right. she's definitely dead dead. So at this point, are we still in the submarine? Because I was like they when we left off. Oh, we left off. Okay, now they're not in the the submarine. Now they're not. Now they're all gone. Like they got you. Okay, I was like, wait, are we still in the submarine? No, no, no. Okay, because I was like in Bryce's apartment, and I'm like, are we not in Bryce's? Well, now they went back to Bryce's apartment. So they're all off the submarine. Yes, they're done. So we're in Bryce's apartment, as per usual, as per always. We're always there, and unfortunately, find out that like Declan's search for the letters and numbers on Sophie's arm didn't turn up anything. If you remember, there was like. I think like on her arm, like there was like a, a, like she a series ca- she of carved things yeah. into her. So. Yeah. And they can't figure out what it is. Um, and his search doesn't yield anything. Some good news, though. Um, nothing is playing on the news about the shit that went down on the island. So as far as like the gang is concerned, like the hind hasn't tattled. No one's really said anything. No one's calling to be like, you dead. Like. It's all pretty, like, hush-hush still, so at least that's a good thing. Um, At the moment, Bryce is trying to figure out how she can teleport and how she, like, can only manage to do it during sex. Like, because she's been trying to, like, do this teleportation thing for a while and just hasn't worked. And the one time she did it was when she was having sex with Hunt. Um, Hunt pops in the room and says, like, not only does the news not say anything, like, Isaiah hasn't mentioned anything about Idra either, like, Isaiah hasn't mentioned a thing, but he is concerned that the hind is just letting them make their next move because she's curious about their plans. He's like, maybe she's just like letting us do our thing so she can like follow us and like figure out what we're up to, which would not be good. Um, They're also wondering about how like all of this like in an overall sense connects like Danica's research, Sophie's intel, et cetera, et cetera. And like same to be honest. They keep, like, there's all these, like, plot threads that are, like, being plucked, plucked, plucked out of everywhere. And, like, we really don't know how they connect because I think he mentions here, like, Danica died, like, two or three years before Sophie ever found the thing and, like, blah, blah, blah. So it's, like, how the fuck does this all connect and why does Danica keep popping up everywhere? Um, as they're like postulating, they get interrupted by Rune and Bastion and Bastion announces that he wants in on whatever they're doing and Hunt and Bryce are trying to play it off like really cool. They're like, oh, you know, we went to intercept Ophion and we couldn't tell anyone because like we suspect that there are rebel sympathizers in the 33rd and Bastion is like, well, yeah, like I'm one of them. Of course there are rebel sympathizers. And he says it like so like cash cash and chill like well how did you not know that i was like on your side this whole time he was like oh yeah like of course there are rebel sympathizers i am one of them and everyone is still just trying to play it like really cool blah blah and eventually bastion gets like fed up and he's like 
whenever you want actual help and answers, come find me. And then he leaves because, of course, like, you know, he's got all these secrets, all these things, and he's, like, not saying anything because, I don't know, Hunt's not asking the right questions, whatever. Um, Rune leaves shortly after, and then when Bryce and Hunt are finally alone, Bryce is like, ooh, like, let's, like, have sex, like, let's blow off some steam, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, how about you tell me what the fuck you know about Emil? Because apparently she sent him to the Viper Queen. She, like, Bryce sent Emil to the Viper Queen. Mind you, we're 48 chapters into this book. This really, like, when I tell you I was so thrown off by this. I got, I, I, I got I, thoughts about this. Like, I was very upset that I, like, we as the readers did not know that Bryce had been doing this this whole time. It just felt so out of, no- like, like, it's just, I didn't even catch a whiff of it reading the, the other chapters. Like, leading up to saying. it, I didn't get a clue and, and, that and, this is something that Bryce had been planning or that, you know, done at and, any point. And Bryce had played it off. Like, she was searching for Emil. They were do- they got themselves into so many tight situations because of this whole looking for Emil thing when really, like... Bryce was faking it because she knew where he was the entire fucking time. Yeah, so... I don't know. Anyways, it kind of leaves it there, and then we switch to Rune, who, like, gets home, and Flynn, Declan, and Ethan surprise him with info that, like, three fire sprites and the dragon are now living with them. Yeah, they're like, surprise! Um, And then it, it quickly switches back to Hunt and Bryce, who are in the meat market, and again, surprise, surprise, you find out that Bryce has known where Emil was for a very long time and he happens to be with the Viper Queen. Um, so then Bryce admits to Hunt that like she essentially hired the Viper Queen to track Emil down by any means necessary. So it wasn't like Pippa killing all those people to find Emil. It was the Viper Queen, which obviously Bryce didn't anticipate the Viper Queen doing. She's like, oh, well, I didn't mean for her to kill all those people. But like you hired the Viper Queen. Of course, that was what's going to happen. Um, yeah, like, she didn't know the Viper Queen was going to kill anyone, but, you know, I don't know. I just, it was, again, like, this threw me. I was so confused. I was like, how did she just know this whole time where, like, Emil was? What? And and a little bit of me realizes now that, like, clearly the narrator is, obviously it's third person, but it's a little bit of an unreliable narrator. Right, because you're made to think that Bryce is also in the dark about this entire Emil situation, yeah. right? So like, then if if when we're following, for me, I'm thinking that when we're following these characters, we're getting like everything that's happening with them because she switches a lot between yeah. the point of view. So like, when we're with, these, with this character, you're, you kind of know everything that's happening with that character, which is clearly not the case. Nope. There's a lot that we're not being told. So like, since this threw me for such a loop, I'm like, Okay, what other loops are you going to throw at me this time? I don't know. This was one of those, like, loops that I was I was really surprised by. I remember even the first time reading this book, I was like, it came so out of nowhere. I felt like I had been, like, punched in the face. I was like, wait, what? Yes, like, because, like, at the very least, like, if you're not going to tell me that Bryce knew this, like, I, you should have, there should have been more hints to me. That, yeah. Like, that, that Bryce was doing maybe something. It was with not hinted at, at all. And I mean, maybe it was, and I and we just completely missed it because we're two big idiots, which I mean, chances are. That's, possible. That is possible. That's, we can't, Petition and change we the can't, podcast. <laughs> two big idiots? <laughs> two big idiots. Um, so we can't rule that out as an option that we just no, we completely can't. We literally can't. missed every single sign or clue that she did that 
<laughs> that she had in the book possible. that pointed out that Bryce had been doing this this whole time. 100%. But, like, I like to think – I'm going to give myself the benefit of it. I'm going to give both of us the benefit of the doubt and say that there were no clues – so it was just so left field for me to find out that Bryce knew this so entire time. So left field because they, I was shocked. They shocked. were they were consistently doing things to look for Emil, and Bryce was participating. Yeah, and then she's ex- but then and that's the thing too. Hunt is like, well, what about this time? Well, what about this time? And she has like or an excuse. She's like, oh, well, the last time we were at the meat market, like I was going to talk to her, but she didn't have him yet. And then oh yeah, and then I wanted to make. Everyone think that I already looked here and he wasn't here so that no one would come look here. And they got themselves into so many pickles because and, of this. Yeah, and then she's like, well, when the Viper Queen couldn't find him, I had to go check the bone, the bone card, card, uh, quarter just in case. And I'm like, girly, what? Did not enjoy <laughs> All this. All this stuff was unnecessary this whole time. The well, Viper Queen and has then been now, like, the Viper Queen is this, like, I don't know. She just seems, like, how does she have this much power? Like, is everyone this afraid of the Viper Queen? It seems like it. Because even there's, like, another plot point with the Viper Queen coming up with, like, one of the um, rescuees, like, the dragon Yeah, shifter. I don't really know. And I'm just like, why is everyone so terrified of her? We don't like, really know that much about her, if we're being honest. Like, no. Like, we don't have a lot of, like, background information also, on her and what her purpose is. Also, um, what does she look like to you? No, I don't picture her as anything, honestly. You don't picture her as anything? Like, I'm, I'm thinking, like, a very serpent-looking Because you want to know what I am picturing? Okay. Medusa? No. Like, snakes for hair? I was just going to say, like, more, like, serpent-like features. Oh. Serpent hair. Oh, I was thinking straight-up Medusa. No. Not That's probably me. not. Like, I was thinking, like, you know, slit eyes and, like, little fangy teeth and... It's like Voldemort? A little bit, but, like, attractive. A hot Voldemort? Because I think she's attractive. Yeah, she's probably hot. That's... I don't know. I don't know. I was I was picturing Medusa, fork, tongue. Like, I was picturing the whole nine yards. I was basically just picturing, oh, like... Oh, she has... And what, is she a serpent, like, tail? Like... Yeah, like she I was doesn't like, have legs. It's yeah, like I, you know she's what? Just a snake. Yes, she's basically Nagini. I was picturing Nagini. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, that was not how I pictured her. Okay, at all. I pictured her kind of regular looking, but like maybe with some little, like little features here and there. Yeah, like she looks like a fae, but like some little serpentine, snake-like features. Okay, cool, 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 cool. That's kind of how I saw it. It's not how I saw okay, it. Okay, well. Is what it is, I guess. Um, so, yeah. So, Bryce is explaining to Hunt at this point, like, how she knew Emil was there this entire time. Um, but Hunt, like, only clued into the fact that Bryce might know something when they were talking to Pippa. And Pippa, like, insinuated that she knew where Emil was, like, mentioning snakes and stuff. And Bryce was getting all tense. Mm. And he was like, oh, snakes. Obviously, that means the Viper Queen. Like, he put two and two together really fast. Mm. Um, I didn't, but okay. I did not. <laughs> Gloss that part over right in the book. When I was were, like, wait, wait. When she was talking to Pippa, but sure. I literally had to look back at that part. Yeah, I was like, what do you mean? Like, I would she not. She mentioned have... snakes? Okay. I was like, sure. All right. Um, well, that's why, I trust That's you. why we're not we're not detectives. And exactly. Hunt is, I guess. Exactly. Um, Hunt is understandably pissed that Bryce has been hiding this from him the entire time. I'm pissed that Bryce has been hiding this. hundred percent. I'm I'm upset this entire time. Um. So they go to see the Viper Queen, 
and they, you know, they see Emil, they introduce themselves to Emil because she hasn't, while Emil has been at the Viper Queen for however long, Bryce has not met Emil yet. Right. Like she hasn't gone to see him. Um, so we also find out at this point that Emil doesn't have any powers. Surprise. And Bryce believes that Sophie spun a lie about Emil having powers so that people would view him as valuable, which means that people would like try to find Emil, but they wouldn't like try to kill him. Like they would try to find him for his pa- to be yeah, able to and use like his keep, power, keep but him alive. Yeah. Um, Bryce tells Hunt that in return for the Viper Queen finding Emil, Bryce would owe her a future favor, which I think that is gonna come back to bite her in the ass. A hundred percent. Like you owe this terrifying person the literal viper queen a favor like that's not gonna work for you that's crazy um hunt then starts like asking emil questions and we find out that emil was actually supposed to meet his sister in the in the meat market so like that was where that that was the a place where weary souls find relief that is the meat market because of all the drugs yeah because it's like a big like it's like drug central so he was supposed to go there anyways, but, you know, sure, I Sophie's, guess. they do tell him that, like, well, this is, like, one of those plot points where I'm just, like, not really happy with it, but I have to, like, accept it because, like, well, they tell him that, like, I'm so, like, your sister's dead, dead. Sorry. <laughs> like, my condolences. <laughs> His whole family. I know. Poor kid. He's the only but, one. But, like, can we just, for a second... Like, Emil doesn't have any powers. Like, I'm not necessarily convinced about this. I don't think so either because then I'm kind of like, what's his point? Well, like, I see for me, it's like if he doesn't have any powers, like he doesn't and, you know, like he has no powers for reals. Like in the book. For realsies. For realsies, he has no power. Then, like, his character seems so irrelevant to me. And we wasted like 200 pages trying to find this kid. We literally could have saved this 800 page book 200 Mm -hmm. pages could have scrapped 200 pages well i think his main purpose i think more so than anything is like a plot device in a sense because like he was his sister's motivation right like she got roped into the rebels really only because of emil right and then like bryce's motivation to save him was because he was a kid and she felt bad for him which is fine i still think it's it's so much time spent on this kid for him all of a sudden to just be a regular human or for him not to know something or like come into yeah, play like in the i don't know i think that there's something there'll probably be something i don't know what his role could be in the future but i just feel like there's just no way he has no role i think i think he definitely has a role i think we spend a lot of time with him i would hope that he has some sort of like place in this like overarching um you know plot i agree i i hope so um emil also like gives some more information he explains that danica found sophie using her like scenting powers because she can scent like family lines or something like that is that what it is or power yeah, yeah she's a bloodhound yeah yeah okay she can yeah. send like family lines um because she needed sophie to do something for her but emil doesn't know what it was and he also doesn't know what the letters and numbers on sophie's arm mean so he's like kind of in the dark he's like listen i know they were in contact I know that Danica needed her for something, but that's all the information I have. Then, like, Hunt kind of, like, pulls Bryce aside, and they're doing one of those things where they're, like, whisper arguing with each other. They're, like, like, you know, Um, which is not really secret because everyone knows when you're whisper arguing. I love watching people whisper argue. It's my fave. And Hunt is kind of, like, what the fuck are we going to do with the kid? Like, oh, my God. Like, we can't just, like, keep him. Like, they're talking about him as if he's, like, a puppy. (laughs) 
He's like, what Bryce, you can't keep bringing strays home. <laughs> like, Your apartment is not that big. I know. Like, we already have syrinx. Like, what are we going to do? Um, Bryce is like, don't worry. I have already figured that out. And she calls Fury and to Fury. She's like, okay, like, bring the car around. And it turns out Fury is going to escort Emil to his new home. Um, Fury pulls up. And as Emil is getting into the backseat, you find out that Bryce got all these like documents and adoption papers made for Emil's like name change adoption, blah, 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 because he is going to live with her parents. I actually thought this was quite. Sweet. Yeah, I like this, too. I was like, oh, that's nice. So basically, he kind of gets the family that he lost. He gets like an older sister in Bryce and he gets a mom and dad in Ember and Randall, which I thought was very sweet. And I and I I wish the best for Emil, you know, but I also want to see him come back into play plot wise. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, he's going to live with her parents. So Fury takes him and they're off. And then Bryce and Hunt kind of like part ways. And they're so like they're just they're just frustrated and angry with each other. They're pissy. They're pissy. They're in a pissy mood. They're like, you know what? We need to walk it off. Whatever. So Bryce is walking to work and she gets a message from Rune to come over to his house immediately. Um, And she does. She just like sends her boss like a text message like, ooh, like appointments running late. Like I'll see you soon. Um, And then when she walks in she sees the fire sprites and the dragon shifter that ethan rescued and bryce is like what in the absolute fuck is going on like what have you guys done um she then asks the sprites if they knew Leaba, and they don't which is sad but they call her like an ally of their people for her friendship with Leaba and like what she did for Leaba. um and they're all trying to, like, brainstorm ways to keep the rescued sprites and shifter, like, pay for them, commandeer them for, like, a royal purpose, like, that kind of stuff. But I think, like, the dragon shifter literally is, like, honestly, you couldn't afford me because she apparently was a gift from an archangel to the astronomer, which I was like, for why? Maybe the arch angel needed like something done a something favor? looked into maybe and i was like a thank you for helping me here a dragon a dragon that's actually crazy giving a person as a present like that's wild um i think like also do we already find out that the dragon's name is ariadne yes yeah okay okay yeah. so the dragon shifter's name is ariadne um and then the dragon shifter's like why are you helping me like what like what is your purpose in trying to like free me from this like indentured servitude like what's the reason and bryce explains her mate used to be a slave and then all the boys are like ooh, like mate mates like they all kind of like other than rune like the other boys didn't really know and she's like yep mate mates and his name is hunt athelar and like ariadne recognizes the name and she says like they haven't met but like she's heard of his like reputation basically he's got a big reputation big reputation Ooh, you and me would be a big conversation oh oh my god so taylor swift coded um and then bryce is like you know what i gotta go ariadne don't burn the place down boys see you later we're gonna figure this out and she skedaddles and on her way out she calls jessica and asks if jessica knows the astronomer and jessica's like oh so you're the one who stole the rings because jessica knows absolutely everything she has like, eyes and ears everywhere she's so pl- she's like the dumois of like the yeah she Crescent knows C- all the gossip she knows all the gossip she's like she's like the surreal yeah kind of she's like the surreal like she has she, all the tea she knows everything she's got all the tea she's like oh my god you're the one who stole the rings that's crazy so fun so fresh why would you do that bryce is like oh like it wasn't me it was like people i know 
And Bryce is like, can you talk to the astronomer and maybe convince him to take money in exchange for the sprites and Ariadne? And Jessica is like, I'll try, but no promises. And now you owe me a favor. And Bryce is like, honestly, get a fucking line. Like, I owe everyone favors these days. Like, I just hand that shit out like Oprah's handing out this cars. Is not, this is going to really screw her, her over. You shouldn't owe this many people yeah, these like, favors. Uh, and not these sketchy people, too. Yeah. And they're not like cutesy little favors like, oh, my God, you bought me lunch. Like, No, okay, like, these time. are like sketchy people who are going to call you up to be like, listen, I need to... I need something taken care of. I need you to bury this body for me. And I need it done now. Or I'll bury your body. Exactly. 100%. Um, At work, there's an envelope on Bryce's desk and it's like documentation and they're from Jospa, mind you. So Jospa works fast. And it's talking about Dragonfire. And it reveals that Dragonfire is one of the few things to harm the princes of hell. I feel like that's piece of information we should file away for later that seems That's definitely important. gonna be important um so obviously there's no way now that they're going to let ariadne go back to the astronomer they're like no 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 like she's staying with us yes we might need your fire exactly. at some point exactly so now we're with hunt and he goes to work to see celestina to ensure the lie that he was away at like bryce's parents house oh yeah um they're trying to cover up like where they were when they were yeah, on idra yeah um, and to make sure the hind hasn't told the archangel anything. Um, and also the first thing that Celestina says to him, like when she sees him, is like, oh, congratulations. Because from your son, your scent, I can tell that you and Bryce have mated. And I'm like, can you imagine this? Like, sniff, sniff. Like, oh, you guys have had sex. Like, I can smell it on you. Oh, my God. What's that smell? Oh, you fucked? Like, that's so crazy. Yeah, so awkward. That's so embarrassing. Imagine going to someone's house and them just being like, oh, that's why you were late? But you know what? Like, this just makes me wonder. What? What does this mating bond smell like to people? Like, does each mating bond have, like, a specific smell? So, the, or do, like, you know, all mating bonds have the same smell? Okay, so this this is my thing and, I, and I'm... I'm kind of ripping this from like other books in like the SJM universe. The way I interpret a mating bond smell is, for example, if we were mates. Okay. You have a specific smell, right? Say you smell like vanilla. Okay. And I smell like brown sugar. Okay. Our mating bond would smell like vanilla brown sugar. So it's just a mixture of your two scents. I think so. That's what I think. Because I also think like an Aka like in um Akasif, like Silver Flame, there was one part where like they had to mask hunt and or hunt really they are the same person <laughs> A bit, they yeah. had to mask cassian and nesta's smell um because their scents were all over each other that's how they had like described it so like you're telling me if hunt smells like centel 33 exactly and bryce smells like mistyor or baccarat rouge sure their mating bond is like you put those two bottles 100%, together 100%, and boom. 100%. Interesting. If Hunt smells like lightning, <laughs> those fucking smells. like it Smells like lightning and rain. Lightning and the first rain of the spring season. What the absolute fadoodle? I don't know. Like, so if he smells like lightning and Bryce smells like sunshine, they smell like lightning sunshine. That's what I think of mating scent. Okay, that makes sense. That's what I think. I think yeah. it's just like you have a distinct smell. Your mate has a distinct smell. But now it's like some chemistry has altered within you and now your smells are kind of like combined. Um, still so embarrassing. Yeah, it is just. Can you imagine then, going to like your parents' house and then like. 
it's so weird to be like congratulations i can smell you've had sex like i don't know i don't like, like that uh, it's weird it's very weird um, but anyways she congratulates them what's your signature scent sorry this is such a sidebar like if you could pick like a thing to smell like not even necessarily like a perfume or something just like, like just a, a smell? smell yeah like what would be um, your signature scent like freesia's oh that's so cute like that's my favorite smell yeah freesia's do smell yeah. really good i actually love that um i either think like like peaches nectarine Mm, okay yeah that's good or i also like the smell of grapefruit okay that's what i would want so if someone if someone were to describe your smell in a book you'd be like she smelled like peaches and grapefruit yeah i want to smell delicious (gasps) yeah i want to smell delish you know like i want to smell edible okay you know that's what i would want to smell like um personally for me anyways back to hunt and celestina (laughs) uh she gives him some new reports on like demon activity um wanting to know if he thinks hell is planning something which obviously he does um but he's not gonna tell her that because he's like well i can't tell you what i know Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like do you know what i know what you know everyone's keeping secrets it's like that scene in friends yeah do you know do you know i know something do you know something do you know something what do you know? Well, I can tell you what I know. I know that you know that we know that they know. Oh, my God. Rip Matthew Perry. Yeah, speaking of friends. True. Oh, my God. Literally so tragic. I feel so bad. Anyways. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways, big sidebar. But after his meeting with Celestina, he goes to find the hind. And he, like, point blank asks her what she plans on doing about what happened yesterday um, with the rebels when they caught – when she caught them, like, fleeing the rebels essentially mm-hmm. but she prints she actually pretends to have no idea what he's talking about she has amnesia she's like i don't know what you're talking about and this kind of leaves hunt to wonder what game she's playing at this is sketchy yeah she does tell him though to go check out what the harpy did by the angel's gate and when hunt gets there he finds like two rebel corpses that have been like blood eagled do you know what that is Listen, I only know about this because I used to watch, like, Viking shows. Oh, okay, Like, yeah. the Vikings. And it's, like, a very – one of the forms of, like, torture in, in that Slash, show. like, execution, really. Yeah, Because, like, it's not like you're being tortured and you're making it out alive. Like, you're, you're well, I mean, dead, te- dead. Well, yeah, but sometimes they start doing it before you're dead. No, I know. They, so they start is, when you're alive. Yeah, so that is torture. But then you, you don't it's, last long. It's not cute. It's not good. No, they basically like rip out your. They rip out your ribs. They rip out your ribs from the back and then make like wings with them. It's very gruesome. Like when I super gruesome. It's a very interesting thing to include in this book. Honestly, yeah, I was like, this is this is. Well, I mean, to be fair, in the first book they added like crucifixion and shit. So like, she's not shying away from. That's true. But I, you know, I just somehow this seems worse. No, it does. I agree. And and I mean, the harpy is like fucking batshit. Yeah, clearly. Um. Well, anyways, then that's gross. But Disgusting. we switch to Rune. It's just so interesting. Like, you go from that scene to, like, here's a scene with Rune. Like, it's just. I know. It's like, oh, yeah, they were bloody gold. Yeah, it's, it's like. It's a really, like, smoking one like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Rune gets the all clear call from Hunt um, saying, like, oh, the hind hasn't said anything yet, mm-hmm. which allows uh, Rune to finally, like, breathe for a sec. But then he gets a knock on the door and he opens the door to find queen apaxia there can we just for a hot second okay so we're writing these notes right and kat and i write these notes on a google doc 
okay so we can oftentimes we can see each other even though we're not in the same place and like sometimes we'll send each other like little messages on the google doc whatever so i this next part has hypoxia's name like a lot and every time i was spelling her name i would spell it hypoxia i can still see it yeah like i didn't get i don't know why i kept like hypoxia and that's like low oxygen right yeah like oxygen deficiency yeah like oxygen depletion or whatever the fuck so it's like i literally kept going like hypoxia did this hypoxia did this and cat was like what are you typing i actually think that like it auto corrects to that though to be fair oh it's happening a couple times to me okay so it's not just me okay no. great. Great, 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 great great but i would make like the conscious effort to like go back and fix it oh i didn't yes. i left it hypoxia like literally everywhere um so we're with so yeah you just saw hypoxia and now we're with therion we got a little bit of a flip Ugh, and now we're with the forever queen oh, I, I hate don't give all a these fuck. i hate all these scenes i so don't useless. give a fuck about the river queen i True. literally don't care but he's like giving her a report obviously about like what went down and like whatever and he tells her about like the six ships that like the ocean queen has and blah 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 and like the river queen's like pissed she's like oh my god my sister didn't tell me like maybe she's like wanting to take over like blah 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 and he's like i don't know dude like what do you want from me kind of thing and then the river queen kind of like sends him off and she's like keep looking for emil um go away basically and when therion gets to the surface hunt is there and meets up with him and he's like we have to talk um we're back with rune now and he's just like staring at hypaxia and she came on a broom like a literal broom like girly like rode on a broom and then she turns her broom into a brooch and rune is like oh my god that's so cool and i was like oh my god that's so cool it's just it this it, it's a point to like how interesting uh, a mixture of characters this book has like you have a witch with like a broom with all these high fey people with all these magical powers like it's just so i don't know yeah it was just so funny mix. it's like like you got harry potter all of a sudden in here now i know like a literal like broom. you have hermione like you have no it's and like a bewitched kind of no i love with a broomstick um and like i think rune oh sorry guys i had to yawn um i think rune is also kind of like she's very beautiful yes. like he's always taken aback by her beauty like despite the fact that you know he doesn't really want to marry her he's still like i must admit like she's a beautiful woman i can appreciate that um rune introduces his friends and their guests so like obviously she's the sprites and like the dragon shifter and suddenly rune is very aware of how like mojo dojo casa their house really is he's like oh fuck like this is like the literal queen of the witches and their house is a frat and house. like our house is a literal fucking frat like there's like weed in the corner like he's telling ethan he's t- like mine to mine he's like get the mirth root out of here and, like ethan goes to grab me. he's like not now she's looking like it's really funny like all these boys are like scrambling they have like no idea what to do um hypoxia asks to speak to rune alone and she wants to ask him a favor and the favor is when she comes to lunathion in a couple of weeks for like the mating celebration for ephraim and celestina um she wants an escort from him basically to protect her from her own coven who apparently don't like her all that much um and and the kind of backstory is like her mother had raised her in isolation and like her mother is a necromancer i believe from her side of the family line and she instead of getting her like traditional tutors and whatever she raised spirits um to tutor hypoxia and um her mother like basically like took her away from like the witches and stuff and like this whole situation with like the necromancer and like bringing back the dead like really unnerves 
the other witches. And she thinks that the witches would rather replace her with her sister. And mind you, her sister is like Lydia, like the hind. And and they would replace her with Lydia and instate Lydia as like a figurehead queen. Um, while her late mother's general would actually be the one ruling because at the end of the day, the witches would probably be more comfortable with a half shifter than a half necromancer. So they're like, she's like very worried about the state of like her coven essentially. And they, they don't really like her and she doesn't really know them to be honest. Um, Rune agrees to give her the ex escort. Obviously he's like, yeah, no problem for sure. And he assigns like Ethan to her. He's like, great. I know just the man for the job. Back with Therian and Hunt, um, Hunt is telling him about a death stalker. So it's this like lethal assassin demon that was spotted, uh, spotted near like Nena, this like place. So and I was like, they kept mentioning this place, but I don't remember where this is. Bro, neither did I. And I was looking at like the map and I was trying to find it on like the map at the beginning, but the map is only of Crescent City. So I have no I, idea where this I, place is. I think that Nena is probably more important to like the blue court. So that's why Hunt mentioned it. Sure. I don't know where it is. That's what I think because Whenever there's a name he, of a place. he was like, oh, yeah, like there was there was a death stalker noted. I just wanted to make sure the blue court is aware. And Theron is like, OK, thanks for telling me. But like, what do you really want? Like, this was clearly like a cover up to just like talk to me about something else. And then this is when Hunt confesses that he knows where Emil is. Emil is safe um, and he won't tell Theron like where. And Therion should call off, like, his search. She's, he's like, listen, you should just come up with, you know, an excuse to the River Queen and make it work. But Emil is now off limits. We're done. Um, Hunt confirms that Emil has no powers. And Hunt is getting, like, really intense about it. Like, he's, like, very adamant. And Therion deduces that, like, the only reason that Hunt would get this intense over the kid is if Bryce also knew where the kid was. Um... Therion is like, fuck me, the River Queen is going to be, like, so pissed. But he decides to, like, milk the experience because, obviously, the second that he tells the River Queen that Emil is a no-go, she's going to make him go beneath again. And he doesn't really want to do that. So um, he wants to keep staying above. So he's going to, like, draw out this situation and essentially, like, keep coming up with reasons why he can't find Emil until he eventually, like, has to tell her. So that's kind of his plan right now. So now we switch to Ethan. And Ethan asks Hypoxia that if in exchange for him guarding her, could she try to, like, contact um, his brother since she's a necromancer? Um, Rune asks her if she knows, like, what really happens to people in the Bone Quarter. And she confirms that she's already aware of, like, the second light. She's like, well, the dead don't really have any reason to lie. So Mm -hmm. I already know. Um, They tell her that Ethan just wants to know what happened to Connor and maybe even warn him about the second light, even though it will be to no avail. Um, and she tells him that there is a ritual that she can perform, but it would have to be on, like, the autumnal equinox. Yeah, because I think the veil is, like, The veil really is, thin. like, between realms is thinnest for whatever reason. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, Rune then mentions if Apaxia is cool with the dragon also guarding her because he needs, like, a royal official reason to commandeer someone else's, like, slave. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, like, protecting his fiance, who also happens to be a queen, is pretty important like as as important as it gets yeah so she's like yeah sure like why not Mm -hmm. um now we switch to bryce who has been hiding at work to avoid the confrontation that she knows is waiting for her at home with hunt since they're both a little bit pissed off each other Mm -hmm. but once she finally leaves work after it closes she finds 
Hunt waiting for her outside. He's like, no, no, no. He tells her that he needs to look something up in the archives, but she's like, well, the archives are closed. To which he replies saying that he didn't think that she would hide inside until closing, but he knows that she can sweet talk her way in. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out she doesn't have to do any sweet talking because since she works there, she is allowed in the archives. <laughs> she after- just wanted to make him sweat a little yeah, bit. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> she's allowed in the archives after hours, no problem, mm-hmm. with her little, you know, like badge, work badge. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hunt wanted to look up some te- texts on like ancient demons since the reports from like Celestina show that demons are like roaming around the town and some of the demons are like the worst of the pit mm-hmm. meaning like for sure hell is definitely up to something there's something spooky they're going up on. to no good up to no good Hunt suspects that if hell's amassing armies then these demons could be like testing the defenses but either way, Hell would still need to find a way to, like, open, like, the northern rift entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, but that could also be where Hell wants Bryce to come in since she still has the horn in her back. And she could open up the portal yes. technically, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, Bryce then starts playing footsie with Hunt to distract him. Um, he does ask her if she's heard anything from Fury. And she tells him that, you know, package was delivered, a.k.a. Emil, mm-hmm. is now with her parents. Um, Hunt tells her that Therion is off the hunt for a meal now after telling Therion, you know, the search isn't worth his time. And Bryce is still distracting Hunt with her feet. Mm-hmm. And then they decide to go check out, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, nudge an important book in the stacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, you know, hanging out in the stacks. They're wandering. They're wandering deep into the stacks so that, you know, no cameras can pick them up or right, whatever. right. Bryce asks if Hunt is still mad at her, and he apologizes for how he reacted earlier, admitting that he understands why she didn't tell him, but that he was still upset that she didn't trust him because, you know, he thought they were a team and that you just needed time to process everything. Um, And she admits that she didn't tell him because she wasn't sure that he'd agree with her that an ordinary human was still worth the risk of helping. Mm. And he's like, of course I would agree with you. And she apologizes for not giving him enough credit. Yeah, that's a that's kind of a mean assumption to make. Like, yeah. oh yeah, I didn't think you'd care about some human kids. So, like, I didn't tell you. Yeah, it's like true. that's crazy. Um, Hunt still wants to know how she knew that the Viper Queen would be able to find Emil, but Bryce says like once Emil's trail was picked up in the marshes that are full of like Sobex, mm. she knew that the Viper would be able to find Emil since you know she is the queen of snakes and reptilian creatures right so So she's got an in there yeah we also find out that there is a local priest that owes like randall a favor and that is who like forged all the documents so that emil will now be known as cooper salago her half brother cooper's a dumb name (laughs) i'm sorry to people named cooper like they could have picked anything like he had a whole chance to pick a brand new name bro like his sister is like we've got bryce Hunt, Fury, Juniper, uh, and Cooper, Darion, Ember, Rune, Cormac, Cooper. Yeah, well, what other name would you have picked for Emil? I don't know, just not that. Like, I guess it's like unassuming. I don't know. Like, it's just a very regular, regular name. I don't know. I just, like, I wasn't Like, they're really it. trying to fly under the radar. So they're I like, guess. Cooper. They're like, your name is now Max. Like, Cooper yeah. is just, like, kind of a puppy name to me. I don't know why. I'm like, if there's any Coopers listening to this, I'm sorry. I do love you. I just. 
it's it's i don't know well it wasn't for me it wasn't for me and they're gonna pretend now that he's her half brother fine and this entire time bryce had been communicating to her mom all about this via postcards in the mail and she used a secret code that randall had taught her to use Mm. just in case of emergencies smart and hunt loves how brilliant bryce is and how she did this like she figured out how to do this all herself and then they proceed to have makeup sex in the stacks but they don't teleport this time so no teleportation thank goodness and honestly i really did enjoy this sex scene i'm gonna give it a five same five out of five spicy pepper rating the dirty talk was really good in this scene personally you know what it is for me mm. i love a sex scene in like bookshelves like me a book, too like, i love it like i don't yeah well that's why you've got all those damaged books like that's why you're finding them in the books like who knows like at, at, at uh, indigo and stuff yeah could you no that's imagine that's crazy that's that's wild. insane but i do like, you love have to go to a part of the library that has no cameras uh-huh. you know but i do love a sex scene in a library yeah. like i any book that has it it also reminds me of that scene in that movie the atonement mm. where he has her like she's wearing this beautiful green, the green dress, dress the atonement and dress. he has her like pinned up against the bookshelves and he's just like ravaging her i love that yeah, scene. That scene's i mean really that's hot. a very sad movie but i do love that scene that's a good I do love a good sex scene in in in, in like, the stacks. In I think that's so like so yeah. sexy. It's like hot. It's like oh, we could get caught in any moment. I do like I do love scenes like this. Mm-hmm. This so one was me, a good one. I enjoyed for me, it. five out of five. I agree. I thought the dirty talk was really good in this scene too. Like I enjoyed reading it. I was like oh my god, yeah. this is fun. It was good. We now switch to Rune, who is on the mental bridge again with Daybright, who tells him that she has important information to pass along. She tells him that Pippa is planning something big in retaliation for losing so much ammo in, like, the mech suit prototype. Mm. And Ophion supports her since they believe that the unit that sabotaged the shipment, which is aka, like, Rune and gang, Mm -hmm. have gone rogue. Right. So they're planning something against the Scooby gang. No crazy crazy it had to happen they then get into an argument um about the last time they met up on the mine bridge when she thought like he was trying to see what she looked like because mm. he got like too close to her mm-hmm. and she tells him that this is war and not some game and if he's not careful he'll wind up dead and then he like shrugs it off um and when she asks how he can be so cavalier about this he's he just like replies saying like well i'm nobody like it doesn't matter which is not true. No, but he's having a little bit of an identity crisis because he's thinking about like all of his friends and family and all the sacrifices that they make and how amazing they are. And he's like, I'm of no value to anyone. Like, nobody loves me. <laughs> like, I don't know. He's, he's just, just having... in his feels. He's, he's in his, in his feels. feels. He was in a bad, bad mood. He was in a bad spot. Well, that's probably because he's like low key in love with Day. 100%. And he's like, I just have a big fat crush on her. Like, uh-huh. why doesn't she love me 100%. back? Like, what's going on? Like it was, he's having, he's he's having a moment. He's having a moment. He's having a moment. Okay. Our little sad prince. Okay. He needs a hug. Um, we're with Bryce now. Bryce is in her office and she's chatting with her mom asking how Cooper is. And luckily he's like adjusting well. And like Randall and Ember are happy to have him. Like, I think they're just really happy to have a kid in the house. So they're really enjoying it. And Bryce's mom is like, you know, like you should be careful about whatever the fuck's going on. Um, unfortunately, the Autumn King stops by for a, biz- a visit. He just like pops in. He's like, hey, girl, like, what's up? Um, and he's like, uh, please explain to me why you made an Athalar when you're betrothed. And she's like, because he's my mate. Like, duh. Like, he's was asking I- her as if she has some choice in the matter. Of yeah. Like, because if mates are like faded, then 
really she had no choice like it was yeah. going to happen regardless um the autumn king explains he wanted her with cormac because she would be safer in avalon because um it's like a stronghold that the asteri can't even like go into without being like invited and shit like can i make a right like a suggestion for sure like this is just a moment really like in the book okay we get a map yes of crescent city correct we don't have a map of anything else. I want an entire map like, of the world. Like, where are any of these other places? Like, I don't know. I, where the where is Avalon? What is that, an island? Like, I don't know. Like, what is that? No, I, w- I would enjoy a more comprehensive map because it does mention a lot of locations quite frequently. And, so, and like, listen, I already have trouble with directions without a map. Like, Sarah, if you're listening to this, um, can you please call your map designer? And- I need a map of these other cities. Like, you're going to mention all these other names and I'm not going to know where they are. I don't know where any of them are. No. And I forget, in fact, all these places. Same. I need to know. Yeah. Because it's not just like, it's not just like one of those like Akatar situations where like they're on an island and then everything's just on the continent. Yeah. And they'll just refer to it the as continent. the continent. Like I can live with that. This, I need a more comprehensive map, map because they mention like so many different places. However, if in future Akatar books, they go to the continent I'm going to need a map. And they're hanging out there causing some shit there then you need to give me a map of the continent 100 percent. like you can't just you can't i need it yeah i need it i, I need agree some i agree visual i'm a visual learner i'm a visual learner you know i gotta see it i'm a visual learner when it comes to directions i need i need to see a map um the autumn king and her argue a bit more and eventually he's like well um get used to like your name being princess bryce dannon because i filed the legal paperwork for you like for your name change since you're using it to like throw around your influence because remember she like used her name um to like with the sprites and she used her name like for the ballet with like juniper so he's like okay fine like you don't want to be controlled you don't want to whatever you don't want to use your name well it's too late because you already like are putting this like princess shit throwing it around it's official now bitch um Bryce is furious because she doesn't want to be, like, associated with her dad in that way. Um, um, but her dad is like, I don't give a fuck. You use the title. Now you have to live with it. Like, you made your bed. Sleep in it kind of vibe. And you have to maintain appearances with Cormac for as long as I command it. Because now she's, like, really an official, like, member, I guess, of, like, the Faye royal family or whatever. Before he leaves, he catches a glimpse of, like, the numbers letter sequence from Sophie's arm. And, like, Bryce just, like, throws caution to the wind. And she's like, do you know it? And, like, all he says is, like, he tells her to, like, be careful and is, like, I know what you're searching for because I've been doing the same. And Bryce is, like, oh, and, like, what is that? And he goes, the truth. What the fuck does he know? Does he know? Does he know? Does he know the truth? And if he does know the truth, which I know the truth now because I read the book before, Mm -hmm. though, when I was at this point, I didn't know what that meant. Mm -hmm. But now I know. Mm Mm-hmm. If he knows. Why doesn't he do something about it or say something? Like, technically, if he knows the truth, then he knows what a world looks like where technically he's basically way more powerful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And does that not... Does it not sound appealing to him? Exactly. He clearly is going to have a bigger part to play. For sure. If this is like, you know what For they sure. know that he knows, whatever. Yeah. Um. So he leaves. So later at dance class, Bryce goes and Juniper doesn't show up and everyone is like whispering behind Bryce's back. They're like, pss, 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 pss. like, oh my God, I can't believe she did that. Like, blah, 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 blah. Like, they're all being really mean. So Bryce decides to leave early and she goes to Cinna Park. And she thinks about this package she received earlier with like all the documents for her new name, with like a credit card. 
she's really upset about it. Well, it's her identity. Like, her identity I know, is but Bryce you know what? And if, now she's going to be... You know what makes me feel better when I'm upset? Shopping. Spend... You know what? Spend his you money. You have your dad's money now. Go Use ahead and it. spend it. Oh, my God. I'd be like... Bank. Like, just I spend would, it all. I would nothing literally... Left. It would be... Empty his coffers. No, literally. I would, like, maliciously comply and be like, okay, fine. You want me to be a princess? Well, I need an entirely new wardrobe. Well, so now, technically, she's Bryce Dannon. Yes. She's Bryce Adelaide... Dannon. That's what her new name is, legally. Obviously, she still thinks of herself as Quinlan. Yes. But legally, she is Bryce Dannon. Um, and I would be swiping that fucking card, like Christian, Fendi, Dior, like, oh, yeah. I want Shopping Prada. Spree. Like, I would be like, well, I need a wardrobe fit for a princess if yeah. I'm going to represent you on the world stage, you know? Um, but Honestly, deep down, she's just mad and ashamed and she doesn't know how to tell her mom and Randall. Like, that's really what's eating her up inside, right? Like, it's her entire identity. And I get that. Um, She wants to talk to someone, but she specifically wants to talk to, like, a girlfriend, basically. But, like, <laughs> Danica's dead. Uh, Fury's busy. Juniper hates her. So she's like, what the fuck? Who am I going to talk to? So she decides to call Hypaxia. You know who I thought she was going to call, though, actually? Who? I thought she was going to call Celestina. Ooh, yeah, because they had that Remember, conversation. They had that conversation. She was like, well, if you ever need any girl talk, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. give me a call. So I thought she was going to call Celestina, which I mean, I thought I which I think that would have been a mistake. So no, I'm, yeah, it's for better sure. She calls, really. Me too. And I think that like, I really like Hypaxia. I thoroughly enjoy her involvement in this book. Yes. I love her as a character. I just love her addition. So I'm happy to get any scene with Hypaxia, really. Um. So Hypoxia does show up and she shows up with Ethan, who's like sitting like a ways away. Like he's doing that like, you know, bodyguard situation. And Bryce thanks her um, for freeing Hunt because I guess they like never really had like a solid conversation about it since like the situation um, at the summit or whatever. See, this is something that I don't remember because I don't really remember much of the first book. Well, Hypoxia was the one who removed his slave tattoos. Right. So she can do it again right in theory okay. i guess i don't know who thought you know so she thanks him and whatever and hypoxia is like hypoxia <laughs> oh my god see because it was well you haven't changed them all in fact it says hypoxia so many times here <laughs> oh my god stop okay hypoxia then is like oh my god congratulations i smell that you made it again with the fucking smell like, and also, is that not a rude thing to say to someone in this Fae world? Okay. Or is that, like, considered a compliment? Because here's my thing. Clearly, if you can smell life events on a person, nothing is ever a surprise. Because, like, when you're pregnant, I'm sure people are going to be going around and being like, oh, my God, congratulations, you're having a baby. Like, well, didn't th- didn't that actually happen in Akasif where they were, like, trying to they had to shield, shield her scent because yes. like, they could technically smell yes. she's pregnant? So it's like you can't hide shit. In nope. these worlds, basically. No secrets. Um, Bryce tells her about her, like, new official title. And Hypaxia is like, I'm so sorry. Like, I know how it feels to be kind of, like, controlled by a title. Bryce asks her if she has any idea of how to get out of this. And Hypaxia suggests that she manages her father rather than trying to, like, find, like, a solid way out of it. Um, Hypaxia talks a little bit about, like, who she considers fan family, mainly the ghosts. Like, she's like, honestly, the ghosts were my family. Um, but she doesn't consider her sister family. And we find out that her sister, Lydia the Hind, was sent to live with her father, like Lydia's father, at the age of three because she had no witch gifts. So I guess the, like, agreement was when the whenever her gifts manifest, whoever 
whoever's side manifested, that's who she would stay with. So since she developed shifter gifts, she went to go stay with her dad. And Hypoxia hasn't even met her yet because I think Hypoxia was born after, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think Lydia's older. So she's never met her um, and is actually planning on meeting her while she is in the city. Back to Bryce's issues, Hypoxia thinks the only people who can really help are the Asteri. Bryce says that that would probably upset Hunt to get the Asteri involved and whatever. Um, but Hypoxia is like, oh my god, like, but isn't he going to be pleased considering you're mated and he's now a prince? And Bryce is like, oh my god, he's going to like literally hate that even more. And she's kind of like laughing a little hysterically at this point. Like, girlie's like going through it. Um, they decide to take a little walk and Ethan is like following along, like respectful distance behind. And Hypoxia is like, oh, so Rune told you about my like coven issue kind of thing. Um, and then Hypoxia confesses that she was with someone, but it is not possible anymore. And even if Hypoxia wanted to continue, that other person didn't. And this causes Bryce to feel like sorry for her brother. Um, but Hypoxia is like, eh, like, neither of us really wanted to marry each other. Like, no big deal. Don't worry about it. But Bryce thinks that they might grow to like each other because she's like, you know what? You're, you seem like a good person. My brother's a good person. You guys are both attractive. Like, maybe, maybe it'll all work out in the end. Hypoxia, um, reveals that the engagement to Rune was meant to prevent her mother's coven from gaining more powers, which kind of confuses Bryce because she's like, I don't understand. Like, why would that be the case? Apparently the witches are not as strong as before, but this coven in specific, doesn't want to discover why the witches are losing power. They're content with it, and they only want to become more subservient to the Asteri, which Hypoxia does not like in the slightest. Um, she also reveals that her tutors predated the Asteri's arrival. I think it's, like, called Parthos, I think, when the land was called Parthos and they were, like, people, like, just humans living like on it. Like, before the Asteri had exactly. conquered it. So all of her tutors were actually, like, from the time when like just regular humans were around the land kind of thing. Um, Yeah, she knows about, she also knows about the zones that the Asteri created to conquer death. And she did not let her mother go to one when her mother passed. So I think she did this like ritual basically. Yeah, she prevented her mom from like being turned into second life. Yeah, like she she didn't let her mom's spirit like go to the bone corner, for example. Um, Bryce asks her why she doesn't tell everyone and just say something. But Hypoxia is like, who would believe me anyways? And who knows what the hysteria would do to me or like my kind if like this got out. Um, the convo kind of like winds down. Both women are like thanking each other and like, you know, Thanks so much, blah, blah, blah. But their comfy, cozy chat gets interrupted by a demon who clamps down onto Ethan's throat. This was like so dramatic. I was like, yeah. what the absolute like, fuck is going on? Like just a demon just comes out of nowhere. And just like chomps. Bryce is like scrambling away from the demon that literally just ripped out Ethan's throat. Um, but then another demon shows up. And now the demons are like backing Hypaxia and Bryce into a corner. Mm-hmm. Um, then Bryce asks Hypaxia if she can, like, shoot her, her power into her since she needs a charge, like, a fucking battery. No, literally. She's, like, literally a battery. She's, like, I need you to hit me. Yeah. Hit, so me, with, hit I me with all you got. Exactly. Um, Hypaxia is confused but does what Bryce asks and Bryce is able to teleport to Ethan's side, grabbing his gun and fires at the closest demon, killing it. Mm-hmm. The second b- demon then charges at Bryce but starts dodging the bullets Bryce teleports away again, but the demon quickly changes course to chase her. Meanwhile, Hypaxia is flying above Bryce on her broomstick, mm-hmm. like a la, like, bewitch style, mm-hmm. you know? 
Um, Bryce keeps teleporting closer to Hypoxia and the demon keeps like following until it's close enough to Hypoxia who like from above plunges a, a dagger into the demon managing mm-hmm. to kill it. Mm-hmm. Um, Hypoxia then goes to help Ethan since she's a medwitch mm-hmm. and then Isaiah and Hunt finally arrive. Mm-hmm. Hunt recognizes the demons are death stalkers which are like the personal pets of the Prince of Hell. Oh, those like, uh, those were the ones that they were seeing near Nena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wherever that is. Hypoxia manages to heal Ethan and they take him to the witch's embassy so Hypoxia can tend to him until he's conscious. Yeah. She's like, don't worry, I got this, guys. And then once alone, Bryce tells Hunt, like, the full story of how she teleported in order to be able to kill the Deathstalkers. Rune, Declan, and Flynn are also there to see how Ethan is doing, and they confirm that the dragon basically ditched Ethan mm-hmm. um, and Bryce while they were being attacked and is now nowhere to be found. Crazy. Bryce asks Hunt if he thinks that the demons were like those appetizers the Prince of the Pit threatened to send to them to test their powers, and Hunt is like, oh, like 1,000%. Mm-hmm. Like, this was just the beginning. Mm-hmm. There's more to come. Yes. Rune suggests a theory that maybe the coven summoned the demons to try to kill Hypoxia, but I think they're more buying the, the theory that it was the Prince of the Pit. Mm-hmm. Hunt and Rune agree to team up the third of third and the ox to set up watches around like Bryce's apartment and like the witch's embassy mm-hmm. to like, you know, watch the watch Hypoxia and Bryce mm-hmm. keep them safe from demons. Mm-hmm. Rune tells Bryce that before he got her call, he was actually talking to their father who happened to mention to Rune the won- wonderful news that Bryce has accepted her position as princess. And since Hunt is her mate, that makes him son-in-law to the Autumn king and hunt is confused and bryce is like surprise 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 because he's a prince now right yes he's technically prince hunt yes technically that's crazy does he get to wear a crown i don't know that'd be so fun like i mean i guess he's technically like prince consort yes but also they're so they're mates Mm-hmm. He's prince by marriage. But, like, they're not married yet. No, but mating, technically. technically mating is above marriage to some. Right, but do they have to do some kind of mating ceremony for oh, it to fine. be, like, official? Do we get official? a wedding? Do we get a royal wedding? I feel like we're not going to. I feel like probably not. Well, because, you know, Sarah J. Mass has said it before. She doesn't like writing weddings because she thinks they're so cheesy. I want it. Like, she actually had written uh, Reese's and, Reese and Favor's wedding, mm-hmm. but then she cut it out because she thought it was cheesy. And in fact, even when it came to Akasif, Akasif, it was you didn't really get the wedding. It was alluded to that they were planning the ceremony, but you never see it. No, at the end you do. It's just like it's over, like it already happened. No, I thought they were planning the ceremony at the end. No, I'm pretty sure it happens. Really? I'm pretty sure it ends with like it happening. No, I think that they. I swear to God, Cass, it happens. I swear it hasn't happened. No, it happens. No. Yes, it does. 100%. It happens. I'm so timed. Okay, we're going to look it up after. I swear. Why am I vividly remembering some scene of like... I'm vividly remembering... Cassian and Nesta like have like being at their party, but like it's it's already happened. Am I not? Am I making this up? No. Yes. Okay, we're going to grab the book right after. That scene does not exist. I swear it does. What do you think the last chapter of Akasif is? 
Not necessarily that, but like I'm pretty sure that happens. Did you dream this? The last, the last scene of the book is when the sisters are outside with Nix and they bring him to the the grandfather's grave, and they're all talking. And one of the things- I swear they they like mention that it already happened. This N- mating ceremony. No, I think you read a fanfic. I did not. I swear <laughs> it happened. We're gonna look this. Why up am up. I so convinced? Like, okay, I'm not saying like there's a scene, but you think that the mating ceremony already happened? Yes. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure they make a comment about it already happening. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. Now I'm doubting myself. We're going to grab the I'm, book after this. I'm, I'm convinced that I'm right. Anyways. And we'll you're see. convinced you're right. So who knows? So we'll see. We'll see. Um. So now we're with Ethan. He's finally waking up. And Hypaxia is watching over him. And, you know, she kind of just has to fill him in. So she's like, you know, everyone's all right. But Ariadne fled and no one knows where she is. Ethan is really beating himself up um over like fucking up this assignment he's like i can't believe this happened hypoxia obviously is telling him like it's not your fault the demon is extremely deadly like there's nothing you kind of could have done like you know he came out of nowhere ethan changes the subject to connor wanting to confirm if hypoxia can really contact him she confirms and ethan asks her to do the same thing she did for her mom for connor so he was obviously eavesdropping so he heard that she didn't let her mom go and be second light in the bone quarter and she wants that and he wants that done for connor as well hypoxia promises to do her best like she's like listen i don't know if it's gonna work out we'll try it um ethan also asks her for help with the wolf mystic and hypoxia calls him like a good man but he's says a good man savannah <laughs> he's a good man savannah <laughs> such a good sound um and <laughs> uh, yeah but obviously like hypax is like you know what there might not be much that i can do for the mystic beyond like what your other royal friends can do at this point so just like you know try it out with one of them kind of thing declan and flynn um and therion come to visit him to make sure he's all right and double check when he can come home hypoxia says he can go home tomorrow um and she leaves with therion after like she gives like ethan the day off tomorrow she's like don't worry have the day off rest um left alone with declan and flynn ethan is really thankful to have friends he's like great like love this so much this is so cute with Rune and Bryce now, um, they're waiting for Hunt to finish like a briefing with the 33rd and Bryce decides to play the part of princess if that's what her dad like really wants. She's like, you know what? Fine. If he wants a princess, I'm going to give him a fucking princess. Now we're back with Hypaxia and she's complaining to Therion about the dreadwolves in the city and turns out that Hypaxia and Therion are kind of friends and apparently like they shared their issues about their love lives at the summit. Um, I don't know. I think they went to like a spa together is what I and gathered. this is interesting to me because like this was a friendship I didn't see coming. Me neither, but I kind of love it. But also at this point, I was kind of like, wait, are they into each other? I never got that vibe from them. See, but I, at this moment, I was kind of like. See, I never got that vibe. And to be fair, I don't get that vibe because I think that Therion is just like a big flirt. Maybe. He's just like that with everyone. Exactly. But like, I don't know. I just thought it was so weird that you know their friendship came out of nowhere yeah it just came out of nowhere yeah so i was like yeah like literally literally it was explained that they were at the summit together and it seems like they went to this like pool thing like a spa type vibe and they they were the only ones there and they clearly were like you know down bad and they just kind of shared their problems with each other so they forged this like friendship um they kind of lament about you know they're both stuck in their situations they're very duty bound blah 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 and i think like mordok and like the hammer walk down the street um 
and and Hypaxia is just like upset about the amount of like shitty people and like shitty things that are in the city currently. Um, eventually, Therion tells Hypaxia to get some rest and to like take care of herself, and they kind of like part ways. Therion leaves and he ends up at Rune's place, asking if they have place like space for one more roommate. And like Loki, how big is this house? Like, is this this massive rat house? Because like you have right now, you have Rune, Flynn, Declan, Ethan. Plus the three little fire sprites. And now Therion? There's a lot of people. It's eight people. That's a lot. I mean, I I would imagine the fire sprites don't really count because no, they, they they're really take teeny up. tiny. Yeah. Not that they don't count. Like, I love them, but they're just, they're small. They're yeah, really they don't need that much space. So they there's really like room. five adult men. That's a lot. That is a lot. But I kind of picture this as literally a frat house. Must be. Like a big ass house that was just like. Like it has sparse furniture. Yeah, it's got like. None of the beds in the rooms have any kind of headboard. No. They're just mattresses on floors. (laughs) It's like a futon. Like the fridge is filled with like old pizza boxes and beer. Like. It's gross. It's it's disgusting. It's not cute. Like, have you ever seen those like horror videos on TikTok where like girls are going into like boys bathrooms and there's just like a fucking like bar of soap and like that's it. It's sparse. You know? Disgusting. Exactly. But that's where we leave you. So Therion is looking for a new living situation. And that is where we leave you on this part. Yeah. Any any thoughts? Um, No. I've already mentioned all my thoughts. I already. know. Kind of at the beginning. But we're really like gearing up now. This yeah, is so when like it starts to get good. For sure. And like I – my favorite part of this personal – part of the book is that we're getting a lot more hypoxia and i really like her and this kind of continues like we do get quite a bit more of hypoxia and i really like that um and it seems like for as many things as we solve we create new problems because now so true like there's like emil the whole emil situation's done but now ariadne's gone for example like that i feel like is a big problem now we've got the viper queen's favor like it's all this stuff that's just like every time we like tie a bow on something like something new comes up so clearly there's still a lot of like book left and like i mean i'll be transparent like we don't really solve half this shit by the end of the book no no so so many loose ends exactly so many cliffhangers exactly and what are we doing next so next week we're taking a break from house of sky Sky Breath. breath And we're actually doing the, our first episode on Iron Flame. So that's going to be fun. Yes. Talk about all of our thoughts. Um, on the first half-ish of the book. Yes. I think we're going to save theories for the second, second, episode. second episode. So first one is more like thoughts recap. Yes. And then the second one we'll get more into theories. But yeah. so that will be fun to discuss Yeah, that. I'm so excited. But all the information is down in the description below. No matter where you're listening or watching, um, please consider leaving us like a review, a like, a comment, anything really. Message us on Instagram. We're pretty active on there. Um, we like chatting with you guys. It's been really fun, especially with Iron Flame. Like, I feel like we've just been like screaming in the DMs with some people over the book. So that's been really exciting um thank you so much for listening we love you so thanks for listening to two book bitches bye